Hello, my name is Kieran O'Keefe. I'm a partner at Intral EU. I'm joined here by our number one parliamentary expert, our head of parliamentary intelligence, Richard Steele. Richard, forthcoming week, where do you want to start? Okay, busy, busy week in committees. Um, first off, we have the Environment Committee um, adopting its position ahead of the Paris Climate Treaty. So what can we expect? Well, they had the UN Climate Chief Cristiano Figueres in last week, basically pointing out that uh, level of ambition needs to be upped. Normally, the European Parliament doesn't need much encouragement when it comes to upping its ambition. So are we going to have something which is going to be hugely at odds with the EU's negotiating position? Well, the, the rapporteur to this, the French socialist uh, Gilles Pagnot, uh, is already putting forward uh, three binding targets which are much more ambitious than the, uh, the ones being proposed by the European Commission. So he's talking about a 50% uh, emissions reduction target compared to 40, 40% on energy efficiency uh, compared to 27, and 45% renewables uh, compared to 27. So uh, unlikely to see that in the final uh, adopted text, but clearly the Parliament will be pushing uh, for ambition um, and uh, looking also for legally binding five-year commitment periods after Paris. So Paris is not uh, the end of the, but actually very much the beginning of the process. OK, so the Parliament very much pushing to the extremes of the debate. Uh, are we just going to be climate focused then? Or are there No, TTIP back on the agenda. Um, ISDS is dead. Long live ICS. That's OK, the... doesn't sound dramatically different. No. Now, this is the investment court system, uh, the latest proposal from Commissioner Malmstrom to replace the much derided ISDS. Uh, it's been welcomed by um, all the main political groups, the EPP, uh, and in particular the socialists, who say this is the last nail in the coffin for ISDS. But not uh, by the Greens. Not by the Greens. Uh, they say basically that it retains all the hallmarks of the old system. And there's the lovely quote from... Uh, from Scar Keller, who says we can't allow the Commission to simply put lipstick on the ISDS pig. What a lovely image. But is this just then an example of how the Grand Coalition is actually quite a handy thing for the Commission? Uh, here's an example of them being able to handle what would have otherwise been potentially you know, a very tricky political issue, but they've managed to stitch it up <laughs> by working closely with the... Uh, with a grand coalition to agree a deal. Yeah, I mean, if you remember back in, in, in the summer, it was Martin Schulz who managed to knock heads together in the socialist group to try and finally get an agreement. Uh, and they're making, um, I say, very much uh, claiming the credit for the change that this is completely different uh, to ISDS. But yes, this is a, another example of the grand coalition getting its way and the smaller group saying, well, no, actually, uh, this isn't any change at all. One interesting thing, of course, is whether the US will accept this. We have Cecilia Malmstrom going off to the US next week to speak to her counterpart, Michael Froman, um, see what the, uh, uh, the take there is. Also, one of the big criticisms coming from the Greens and from the NGOs is Malmstrom's uh, assertion that this new system, this investment court system, would not apply uh, to the CETA, the, the Canada Agreement. OK. So, away from trade, what's our third item on the agenda? Well, the third item is all to do with transparency, and uh, this is my 
MEP to watch for the week, Sven Giegold, a very active German Green, who is author of an own initiative report in the Constitutional Affairs Committee on the catchy title of Transparency, Accountability and Integrity in the EU institutions. And to be completely transparent with our listeners, what is the context for all this? Why is he doing this report now? Well, the context is, is, that, is that Juncker is uh, on record as saying that he will push through a, a mandatory register. Mm. So Parliament and Commission are in discussions as to quite what changes you could uh, introduce to the register. And Giegold, as Mr Transparency, has come up with some very uh, far-reaching, quite off-the-wall recommendations on how to really shine a light on the institutional goings-on uh, and particularly uh, in, in terms of, of lobbying activity. So what's he proposing? Well, he's come up with an idea about um, legislative footprint. Um, this has been discussed already about how you follow ideas and see where they've come from through the, uh, the legislative process. So he's saying that MEPs shouldn't just record who they've met and when and what the subject was, but also would like to see uh, on record the position papers or the amendments um, that those interest groups uh, have tabled. He's talking about um, the Commission, congratulates the Commission for, um, for their transparency now in publishing meetings between commissioners and director generals and saying that should really apply uh, to all levels of the Commission. Um, and one of his big things that he's really getting on about is that he claims there is still a, a huge imbalance between business um, interest and lobbying and civil society uh, and even suggesting that maybe there may be occasions where you would need to somehow limit the meetings from one side if that over um, uh, if they are overrepresented uh, in terms of meetings okay this all has a sense of being a bit over engineered it's a bit like back at school when you have to put down how you how you worked out your math your math solution or your workings out you have to detail exactly how you you arrived at some legislative solution with all the details of who you spoke to and exactly. what recommendations exactly. they have made. And one of his final ones that he comes up with is the whole issue of trilogues, which are, um, again, back under the spotlight, and we're having the ombudsman speaking uh, about that soon. He's saying, obviously, the trilogue process, he feels, is very undemocratic. It's all behind closed doors. Again, well, it is. How to, how to shed some light on that. He says, publish uh, the four-column documents that the negotiators use. Uh, but also perhaps more far-reaching is that the positions and demands of individual member states which make their way into the council's position should also be recorded yeah. so that you would know where the origin of a certain uh, phrase or idea uh, comes from much in the same way as you can tell a parliament position which MEP or which group uh, tabled the amendment. Okay, I'm sure the member states are guaranteed to hate that idea. I, I don't think it'll get much, uh, much uh, support there. Okay, so what? This is the first initial draft, and then presumably there will be further discussions in the uh, in the committee. That's right. I mean, it's not actually even published this uh, this draft report. Giegel's put it on his website, true transparent, Very transparent firm, yeah. uh, asking for public comments because his main thing is he says we need to win back the trust uh, from the public in the EU institutions. So what we've got this week is uh, a workshop um, and also. Um, a separate discussion with Franz Timmermans on the whole issue of transparency uh, and integrity of the institutions. OK, clearly, clearly one to watch. OK, so who's your MVP of the week then? 
That was Sven Giegold, okay. um, our man from Mr. Transparency. Um, go to his website and see what he's up to. Okay. Okay. Richard, thank you very much. That was EPOD uh, for another week, and we'll be back again uh, to give you a briefing on the next parliamentary agenda.